Welcome back to Avoiding Reality, week 12 in the books, another episode down, and so far D has been in a combined 23 seconds of airtime since she was released from the show. I mean, let's be honest, you can go back and pull the tapes from the first few episodes of this very here podcast. I talked about how too defocused the show was. The entire storyline, the first like five episodes was between D and Rogan and truly no one cared back then. So I don't think there's anybody missing her seeing her on our screens. I think everybody universally is like fine with it. I'm not there's nothing that's changed on the change on the show since she hasn't been in it, but they have done an excellent job by keeping her out of the show completely. Um, I think it took until like halfway through the actual challenge, which I don't know, 20 minutes into the episode to even get a clip of D. And the only reason that I think she had to be in this episode is because her team won the challenge. Other than that, if that had not happened, I don't think we would have gotten anything about D. Um, obviously we're coming off a contentious ending of the last episode where she was blindsided, thrown into the purgatory, even though she already has her red skull and knowing D from the five episodes prior to this, she's definitely super pissed off about it. I'm sure she was acting like a huge bitch and someone in this editing department had to cut out every single clip of her that they probably already had all these episodes made. So someone's getting paid overtime for all this. Just going through, removing all of the confessionals, anything Dee said. I mean, I kind of am interested to know what happened when she came back into the house. Like, who was she fighting with? We got none of that. It's completely stripped of that. So it is kind of amazing that they're still able to create a full episode without any of that drama since it was so focused on D for the first half of the season so far. No one's complaining. Great news here. But uh, I just thought it was funny that we didn't even see her face until 20, 30 minutes into the episode. It's episode 12. And um, usually I am a pretty good judge. And I watch these episodes. I've said this before. I watch all reality shows usually... Halfway through, once you kind of see who's getting a lot of airtime, who's in the confessional a lot, who they're talking about, that either something really good is going to happen, like they're going to win, or something bad is going to happen, they're going to get kicked off. Like, once you start to see certain people not get any airtime on the episode, like, obviously Fessy wasn't going to go in and go home during this episode. Like they didn't, they didn't talk to him. He wasn't interviewed. Everything they show is just him being like a beast in the competition. I guess I should stop there and just say, like, I think this is the number one pro Fessy podcast in reality TV. It's no secret. I am not ashamed. I love Fessy. I am a Fessy stan. I love um, him and his girlfriend. I think it's hysterical that we haven't seen one moment of Fessy acting like a complete like creep douchebag trying to flirt with anybody. He had I haven't even seen him talk to a girl besides like Casey on this season. Shout out to Fessy. I will never stop loving him. And um, I think actually Casey has gotten in more trouble probably with her girlfriend flirting with Nani 
and she's doing it again in this episode, then I think Fessy has the whole time. So shout out Haley. Good for her. If he's not a cheater, and I have not heard a word the otherwise in history of knowing Fessy in my few short years of knowing him on my television, I'm proud of him. Back to the production and who was being talked about and focused on and had a lot of interviews and behind the scenes footage. This episode was all Corey. And previously we haven't seen a lot from Corey. He hasn't really done anything in the challenges. He hasn't won a whole lot. So when they started weaving in the storyline of his daughter and how he's like flipping through 7 million printed pictures he has of his daughter Ryder... Um, once he started crying about it, you kind of knew like he's, he doesn't have a red skull. There's limited time left to get your red skull. So everybody is now fighting. They, the, everyone is still scared. TJ is going to pop up on them at like 4am, which I know everyone knows it's coming and say, if you don't have your red skull, you're shit out of luck. Like you're going to have to do something crazy for these people who don't have one once they reach the final time. I don't blame Corey. I don't blame Kyle. I don't blame any of them for wanting to get their red skull now. They just don't want to be the center of whatever hell TJ is going to bring upon them if they don't get it. Now, as a quick reminder, there are four guys left that don't have their red skulls at this point. There's Corey, there's Kyle, there's Josh, and there's Swaggy C. At this point, I don't think anyone else in the house has pissed enough people off to even be in the conversation at this point. Although we know Nelson likes to kind of come in last minute and throw himself in the ring when he's like off everyone's radar. And there was one good Nelson nugget from this episode that I loved. At, he's just yelling into the camera. every conf- He doesn't know how to do a confessional. It's actually amazing. He just like does his Instagram salute. He yells. He screams something inspirational. He is a, a physical trainer, but I feel like I would be a no- like I, that video of DJ Khaled when his he's working out with his wife and she's boxing and he's just in the background like you the best baby you're the best you got this he's just screaming at her and she's like literally shut the fuck up that's how I imagine Nelson is as a trainer you just like people have to start screaming at him like Nelson shut the fuck up and <laughs> he's just yelling in these confessionals at one point I'm I think this is a direct quote he said it's getting down to the needy greedy I have to rewind the tape if someone can pull the footage for me on that but we've gotten a few of those per episode just Nelson alone screaming his motivational language um and him even thinking he has a shot at making a final on this it's kind of sad it's kind of hard to watch he's just like thinks he has his red skull and that the first chance anyone else has they're not gonna just put Nelson in I mean come on They go into this challenge, which from the start, from the get-go, they're just in the middle of this empty field. You knew nothing good's coming out of it. They're not flying out of helicopters. They're not jumping off heights. It's like, this is going to be a grind-it-out challenge. And it was. Um, And for those of you who don't follow Big Brother, never watch Big Brother, you can now be introduced to Mr. Swaggy C, Mr. Swag himself and he like the rest of the world is being introduced to him speaking in third person that's kind of his mo like just always saying swaggy does this swaggy does that i bet i bet if you took a poll of people like 
who actually have watched him on his show to know what his actual name is, little to no people would know. Uh, he loves to talk in the third person, one of his favorite hobbies. So those guys, those four guys really need to win this challenge, get in the tribunal and decide if they want to go in um, because I think at this point Corey has kind of already made it clear that like he wants to be the house vote and that seems to be happening every week that somebody's just like hey I'm gonna nominate myself like there's no vote where people are tied they're arguing it was the closest that we got this episode for people like it wasn't a unanimous okay we all agree Johnny Bananas should go in they um, have to basically drag trash, like a dumpster graveyard of car, like there's like car doors, pal- wooden pallets, trash cans, just metal, shreds of metal that they have to just lift back and forth and fill up this heavy bin. And it is probably the worst nightmare of a challenge. Like going into it, I would rather be strapped up 60 feet above water, dropped into that, than have to do that strenuous of physical activity for that sheer amount of time. Like they're nearing the end, like you still have five minutes left. You know how long a plank minute is? Can you imagine how long five minutes of just lugging a car back and forth? bits and pieces of a car it's just an absolute nightmare um it's like literally what it looks like me trying to take out the recycling like I do once every three weeks and I just let it pile up so I just want to do it in one trip and I put I start putting like cans on my back just to bring it down to the recycling um my back was in a lot of pain watching these guys do this challenge and Again, you know, this is a Fessy Stan account. You knew I was going to talk about how much of a beast he was on this challenge. He is the first person. He li- I think he carried an entire car. He was pulling heaps of 100-pound metal like it was a red wagon or a wheelbarrow, just pulling some mulch in for the summer. Like, just pure ease. It looked, like, so simple. It was kind of scary, and all the other guys were like, shit. Mark my words... Fessy will win a challenge. He's going to be invited back, and I think he really can win. I don't know if he wins the season, so could be this season, but I'm just I want to be on the record that I think Fessy is going to win a challenge. The only thing standing in Fessy's way of winning a challenge is the Young Bucks. If he aligns himself with the Young Bucks, which I think he has with Corey Nelson Hunter, that crew, that is a recipe for disaster. Those guys are cursed. Um, and I think that's just not, I mean, it's a cool alliance probably. Like they love to pump themselves up, but I don't think it's the way to go if you want to uh, get the good juju on your side for winning a challenge. I think Fessy has enough to overcome it, but um, that's the only obstacle standing in his way. Meanwhile, Jenny, Anissa, and Kyle are on the same team, and Jenny comes to the conclusion, just in her confessional, she's just a little slightly more fit than Anissa. Um, and I just love how delicate and how nice Jenny is, even when she's trying to make a comment about how obviously Anissa is the worst at this challenge that like, oh, well, she just, I'm just slightly more fit than Anissa. So 
she doesn't want to say anything bad. I really respect her for it. The final two groups, they have to compete in another challenge. It comes down to the two teams with two girls on them. And all the girls are like, yeah, this shows how much of a beast like women are. Well, first of all, one team had Fessy. Like I said, carried an, almost an entire Ford F-150 truck on his back for the whole time. Um, and the other team had Jenny, who pretty much is a Transformer. So, um, I wasn't that impressed. Like, I don't think it was like a win for feminists everywhere. The final challenge they have to do is basically strap this very heavy cargo to their back and run. And these are two like extremely physically demanding challenges. It got me wondering, like, I would need seven to ten business days to recover from a challenge like this. Do they get a massage after this? Do they get any sort of like that Theragun where you can just pulse your muscles for an hour? I figure that's good therapy. Do they go in a hot tub? Like we're not seeing any of that. I would love to know what type of recovery they get after this because I'm telling you my body would be in shambles. Again, not why I'm not on the challenge, obviously for that reason and many others. But like Johnny Banana is like 35 years old. How does his body hold up to doing all of this? It is crazy. So no shocker, Fessy's team wins. It comes down to D and Anissa. Everybody else gets crosses their finish line with the heavy thing strapped to their back. Anissa is struggling. Like she looks like she's trying to walk forward. She's going sideways, back and forth. She her she's giving up. So D just like beasts through it. That's the first time we've seen her for the whole episode. They show her for two seconds. They don't even like look at her. They barely say her name. They just like have to show what happened. So she's acknowledged. Fessy, D, and Bailey are on the winning team. The three of them are in the tribunal and basically it turns into kind of Kyle and Corey fighting of who they want to be the house vote. So we see them all sitting together trying to decide. They're pleading their case. Corey uses, pulls his daughter card. And I mean, I guess it's a good point where like he has a daughter at home. So if he's going to lose, he wants to go home. But it's kind of like, okay, well, if he gets his red skull, then he's basically saying, you know, don't put me in again. Someone else is going to have to go in. It's not just going to be people going up against each other that don't have a red skull at some point. But it's still, I think, early enough on that he can get away with that argument. Kyle really doesn't have anything else to say that's going to win anyone over. I don't even know if anything anyone said could win them over. I think pretty much you knew who people were going to vote for. Like all the British people voted for Kyle and all of Corey's friends voted for Corey. Like, I don't think you were going to convince somebody to go to the other side. Um, Anissa and Josh both are like, I gave my word. I told Corey I'd vote for him. I don't think it was a surprise. In Anissa's case specifically, I think that if someone's penis has been inside you, you're probably, like, gonna vote for them on a type of situation like this. She... 
is was obviously gonna vote for Corey. She's a huge Anissa is one of the biggest like integrity players on this show. She she said it. She's like, I'm very big on integrity. We didn't we didn't need you to clarify. We know Anissa. And Kyle's like pissed that she didn't vote for him. I mean, they might be friends, but there was no way that was happening, Kyle. So I don't know what he was thinking. But let's get to Josh. So Josh said he like swore on his family that he would vote for Corey. And I think I'm going to start doing some like segments. I want to kind of repeat a few things episode to episode. And the first thing I want to introduce is I'm going to give out my rose to somebody each episode that made the most impact, did something crazy, did something weird um, that I think this episode would not be the same without. And this week, I'm giving my rose to Melissa. I mean, I've already talked about it. Melissa is pregnant on the show. I still still don't know how far along she is. Um, She's had her baby in real life and, like, is confirmed pregnant on the show, which is crazy for the type of challenges and things that they're doing knowing she is with child. But her reaction and her fight with Josh on something that has nothing to do with Josh, like, Josh was not the deciding vote. Corey was voted in on a runaway vote. But it's just coming from a place of she has had enough of Josh everybody gets that point with him like everyone that especially living with him in this underground bunker everybody gets to that point with josh on big brother he was like slamming pots and pans but melissa i i need to go back and watch melissa's she was on x on the beach in the uk i need to go back and watch her season because she is the best at fighting we've already seen in a few episodes just her screaming when some people when they get in that high intensity fighting mode just say the craziest funniest things and melissa for sure i was screaming at the tv like go off queen she her impression of josh the accent she did like oh i swore on my family i would vote for Corey. i mean that is something that gets right under the skin of josh it it was amazing so she gets for sure my rose this episode would not have been as great without her and i every time i think about her being pregnant while this is happening it's just fuck even more fucking amazing so i need to go back i'll report back when i watch melissa's season of her show because i bet there were some zingers that she was going going off on on her original seasons another thing about this argument that i love is josh screaming at a woman which he does often he does not discriminate he'll scream at a man woman i'm not saying he's specifically picking on women but i love the visual of him being like you're so annoying you're so annoying screaming back at melissa he's waving his arms around and he has this just huge giant cross on his arm like flailing around that we're all just getting flashes of the cross with josh screaming it's such a josh move last week We didn't get the full clip of him having his meltdown. I don't know why. They obviously had a lot to cut with D being out. The people needed to see Josh's meltdown. The people need to know what's going on. And he's another one that if Nelson, if Nelson thinks he's making a final, Josh needs an even bigger wake up call thinking that he's going to make a final. And I said this to Eddie on Twitter if Josh makes a final, he is going to pass out in DQ faster than Big Easy. 
I mean, I can just see him hyperventilating on like the side of a mountain somewhere. Like I can't do this crying hysterical. Imagine if Josh has to go and eat like a rat's ball, dead pigeon. Imagine they make you do that sometimes. I just, TJ would do that just to watch Josh suffer. And he's got it coming for him. He's not going to perform in a challenge. Josh is someone I can confidently say, as much as I said Fessy is going to win a challenge, Josh is never going to win a challenge. That man it will never win this show unless it becomes like, hey, we all vote for who is the most annoying. And in that case, by default, Josh wins because everyone unanimously agrees. The whole fight overshadows the vote, which happens, and Corey wins. Um, and by wins, I guess it's technically loses because he has to go into purgatory and fight for his Red Skull. But it's what he wanted. He's still complaining about his like calf. And during the challenge, he heard a huge pop in his ankle. And then for some reason later on says he just has like a strained calf. So I feel like that was maybe just like a little dramatic. Um, but... Corey's going in. He d- he decides he does not want to go out that night. He's going to rest his foot, ice it. And another one who does not want any relationship drama. I don't think there's anyone on this season that would be worth it for Corey to like risk his relationship. Everybody is like either in a relationship or he's already fucked. So good for him. Taylor must be proud watching him just like icing his ankle, crying about his daughter on this season of the challenge. And the rest of the crew goes out. They're clearly trying to force a little bit of the personal drama because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like hookups and fights that are happening within the cast, which is kind of a bummer. Like I do enjoy seeing seasons where people fight and people hook up. But since we're in this underground bunker, like they need some vitamin D on the show. Everyone looks very just like colorless and like, depressed they need some vitamin d in both ways in in both more ways than one they need some vitamin d now rogan hasn't had much airtime, but i did want to point out when he's in um one of the confessionals and i think it's in the house too he's wearing the same outfit it is the fuckboy uniform he is wearing like black tight jeans one of those breathable, like, hipstery H&M looking plain t-shirts. Fuckboys love a good olive green or just a black, solid, like, kind of loose-fitting t-shirt. A backwards hat and a chain, like a gold chain, a silver chain, some sort of necklace. That is the fuckboy uniform. I don't know what sneakers you want to pair with it. If you add a little facial hair, sometimes that can increase the fuckboy ability of it, but... Just noting that Rogan's complete outfit and the tightness of the black jeans, all of it, it is fuckboy uniform 101. So after their night out, the tribunal has to get together, nominate three people up to go against Corey, and what do you know, they nominate the three other people that don't have a skull. They pick Kyle, they pick Josh, and they pick um, Swaggy to go up for elimination. They have to interview them, and given that D has been completely phased out of the show... Again, interesting, she has no opinion because Josh voted her, blindsided her just like four days ago and voted her, who already has her red skull, back into the tribunal but we, we or the purgatory, whatever the fuck. I, I will get that right one of these episodes. 
And she has nothing to say. She has nothing to be like, well, I want to throw Josh in. Like, let's get Josh out. Um, th- it was just funny. We didn't hear any of that. She just kind of was a silent, like, sure, I'll agree to whatever you say, which we know is not D. So masterclass in editing from these producers. Things are pretty anticlimactic, and I think it's a foregone conclusion. Whether Swaggy likes it or not, Bailey is the alpha in this relationship. I mean, Bailey runs everything. So I think she already decided from the minute this episode started, like, this was the Swaggy C episode. And she knew he was going in. She wanted him to go in. I think Swaggy was trying to get around it to be like, I'll tell you if I want it. And she was like, no, like you're just going to go in no matter what. So they're in the interview sessions. They're interviewing the three people. And they kept being like, well, Swaggy's wife is here. Fessy was like, yeah, well, his wife is sitting right next to me. They're not married. They're engaged. I haven't seen any wedding photos. Are they legally married or are they just like skipping to the next step? I feel like fiance, wife, it's not that hard to say the different, but they are not married. So it was odd to just keep being like his wife is in the room. His wife would like him to go in. But she gets her way, as Bailey usually does, and Swaggy goes in. He's going up against Corey. They have to do this challenge where they're, like, swinging back and forth, hitting these buttons. It's like a memory game, and they have to light up these lights. At first, it seems like Swaggy has the lead, even though he is just inept at going back and forth on this thing. He does not know how to move his body, how to move his limbs, in a harness. He's like, I've never been rock climbing. I've never experienced a harness. I think that if I were preparing and going on my first season of challenge, the literal bare minimum two things I would do to prepare would be go rock climbing and learn how to move in a harness. Like that's required learning for anyone going on the challenge moving forward. Everybody should have experience in that. Everyone should be doing that. Like, what do you think the show is going to do? They're in a harness every fucking episode. Learn how to move your legs while wearing a harness. He couldn't do it. It was hard to watch, just slamming against the side of this, like, rigid truck. It was sad. He got off to a hot start. It seemed like Swaggy was going to win, but I know better. I knew better just the edit that Corey had. I knew it was coming and that he was going to end up winning. And that's just what happened. He ends up getting his red skull. He's got his red skull, not going home to his daughter. And then there were two guys left that don't have their red skulls. There's Josh and Kyle. Truthfully, I don't really care what happens. I don't care if either of them get their red skull. I don't think either of them are going to win a challenge. I don't think they're going to go into this final where I've already seen people like snowshoeing up the side of a mountain. I don't think Kyle's going to beat everybody doing that. I don't think Josh is going to beat anybody doing that. I don't think, I think Josh will be himself maybe. I don't really particularly care what happens. And again, Nelson comes in, they end the episode with Nelson giving like a motivational speech, waving his his Instagram salute, like, we got it. Yeah, Corey's got his skull. We're going to go to this final. Let's go. Let's do it. You're not going to do it, Nelson. I just know it. You're not going to do it. So save the motivational speeches for Instagram. And now Bailey is left in the house. She does not have Swaggy in Big Brother. That did not go super well for her either. I don't think great things are going to happen for Bailey without swaggy there unfortunately i think they're like the perfect couple for each other and 
I don't think Bailey is going to last much longer on this. I love Bailey. I hope she does. I think that she's good on this show, but I just don't think without Swaggy, she had the mental capacity to to end this. And from the previews for the rest of it, it seems like everybody is now on Bailey. So I would not be surprised if we see her go in the next episode. She doesn't have her red skull yet. And I bet at this point she's like, well, you know, if I'm not going to get my skull, I'm going to go home to like cuddle with Swaggy. So that's coming. We're close to the final. Tonight's MVP performance obviously goes to Melissa. If you haven't seen her impression, please check it out. I'll tweet it when I tweet this out. And I can't wait to watch how they edit D out next week. See you then. I said, fuck your ex-girlfriend. Cause she ain't got shit on me. I said, fuck.